listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, this is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 10th of May 2021. Later, business confidence has hit a record high, but also hitting a record high today, the Australian share market. The S&P ASX 200 up 1.3%, the best in 10 weeks at 7,172. That is the best closing high since February the 20th, 20. So the Australian share market has now recovered 58% since the market crashed 36% in one month back in February and March of last year because of the coronavirus sell-off that we saw on the share market. So for more on the day's market action and what all of that means for future investments, I spoke earlier with Julia Lee, the Chief Investment Officer at Berman Invest. Julia, a milestone for the Australian share market today with the 200 at a record close. We're seeing the Australian share market closing at a record close and just 25 points away from the record high that we saw on the 20th of February last year. Driving those gains, well, we saw gains across every single sector except the utility space. But I think what's particularly impressive is that the Australian share market saw all this strength despite ANZ trading ex-dividend today. The miners were the highlights. We did see the material sector up more than 3% and a record high for BHP, Billiton and Rio Tinto. So altogether, a great day for investors on the Aussie market. Rio BHP that you mentioned, iron ore continues to shoot through the roof. Um, What do you make of it? Because I think that that iron ore price surged more than 10% today. And more importantly, what does it mean for the government's budget position when that, that budget update comes tomorrow? Well, the government's in for a windfall because when we saw that mid-year update, they were pricing in iron ore prices of just 60 US dollars a tonne. And today the iron ore price is more than 200 US a tonne. It also means that the budget surplus is likely to come much earlier, probably in 2022 or 2023 rather than later. And of course, it means that the government has more money to spend as well. But also those iron ore uh, miners in a fantastic spot. When you're digging out iron ore at $14 or $15 and you're able to sell it at more than 200 US a tonne, it's a fantastic place to be. So not surprising that we did see BHP, Billiton, Rio Tinto hitting those record highs. And I suspect come August reporting season, we're going to see a bonanza of dividends coming out of those miners. So a lot of that demand is coming from China, right? But they are doing well. Others like A2 Milk, which, you know, also relies on China, especially from those, um, those Chinese buyers in Australia uh, sending back their products. They haven't been doing well. What's your take? The miners have been doing well from China, but A2 Milk, Bubs, Treasury, Wine Estates, all suffering uh, because of what's happening in terms of COVID-19 as well as China. If we have a look at A2 Milk, it particularly has been impacted negatively because we we aren't seeing those travellers coming to Australia with those closed borders. And that means their traditional sales channel into China has been impacted. Add into the mix that the Chinese government is really focusing in on domestic brands of baby formula and the birth rate has been falling as well and it's almost a perfect negative storm for A2 milk. This is the fourth downgrade we've seen for the company since September last year and unfortunately it shares one of the worst performing on the Aussie share market today. 
One of the big corporate stories of the day is Crown. It's squeezing more value for shareholders with Star making a $12 billion. I mean, they're calling it a, a merger proposal. Where do you see this going? It would be lovely if uh, Star and Crown were able to see a merger because there would be a huge amount of synergies involved in merging those two companies. I suspect those there could be some competition concerns given that there are casinos um, or proposed casinos for both the companies in both Sydney as well um, as in some of the other states. But it would be great for Star to gain exposure to some of those other states where it doesn't have a presence such as Perth um, and uh, vice versa for Crown where it doesn't have a presence as well. But um, the Crown share price tells you a lot about what's expected. We saw Crown shares closing at $13 per share today. And the cash component, if you chose to take stars in uh uh, offer was at $12.50. So that tells you that the market is expecting to see a bidding war. Julia, finally, with the market closing at a record high, what kind of opportunities exist out there and how are you playing it? Well, the weird thing for investors is that a record high is usually a positive sign in the short term for the market. Of course, driving a lot of those gains on our market are the miners. So watching that commodity space very closely. But at the moment, it seems like that demand from China, well, we just can't keep up in terms of supply. So I guess the big question is when that relationship reverses. And I suspect one of the key things to keep an eye on is that COVID-19 situation in Brazil. Brazil, given that our weak output from Vale, which has been impacting positively on the Aussie share miners, Aussie uh, iron ore miners. Julia Lee there from Berman Invest. So from uh, record share prices, let's talk about our record uh, business confidence and conditions because NAB's latest business survey supports the suggestion that unemployment may fall to below 5% by the end of this year. Businesses are going from strength to strength with confidence rising nine points in April to a record high. Conditions also hit levels not seen before with trading profitability and employment all reaching fresh records. So for more, I spoke earlier with Alan Oster, NAB Chief Economist. Alan, what does this survey say about the way businesses are feeling right now? I think businesses are really confident. Um, you can see that both in their confidence levels, also the fact that they're getting a lot of sales, uh, they're hiring up in employment. So they're about as confident as I've ever seen them. Why do you think that is? I think it's because underlying what you're seeing is fairly strong growth in uh, essentially um, activity. Um, forward orders are very strong. Um, employment is very strong. And so they're looking down the track and saying, well, this economy might do very well as we go forward. So the fact that confidence and conditions are at a record high, even after the end of JobKeeper, what does all of that say? It just says that the economy was doing sufficiently well that the end of JobKeeper didn't have any impact at all on the labour market, and we think that's right. And, um, you know, okay, we don't get final numbers uh, until, you know, mid-next month for, for April, but our internal data says uh, that sort of interpretation's right. Okay, so looking through all the detail, you know, which sectors are, are confidence being seen and where and what about conditions? Generally, it's a story that everything's getting better. Uh, the sectors that are doing very well at present um, tend to be in the service sectors, so property services, if you like, uh, finance, that sort of thing. 
We're also seeing a, quite a surge in manufacturing. Um, retail is very strong, but retail is interesting in the sense that whilst it's one of the strongest economies, um, it's also got the weakest confidence. So that says to me that, you know, as the government withdraws the stimulus, retailers are not expecting the current um, sort of strength to continue forever. Okay, but what about, more importantly, the jobs market? What What's the survey saying about where we'll see the unemployment rate? Well, what it's saying is that uh, employment is at record levels in terms of the survey, and capacity utilisation is also at record levels. So it's basically saying that the labour market should improve quite a lot from here as we go forward. Uh, there are still obviously some sectors where you've got problems like CBD and education, et cetera, but the idea that you're going to have a 5% end of the year, or even better, I think is backed up very much by this survey. Alan Oster there, the Chief Economist of NAB, and those numbers come as we get some uh, official numbers from the Bureau of Statistics on Retail Sales, up 1.3% in March. For more, here is Gary Mortimer from Queensland University of Technology. March retail sales looks really strong, uh, even considering the fact we are cycling that panic buying we saw March last year. So slight lift between February to March this year compared to March last year, about 2.3% up, which is really positive news. Um, obviously, the, the impact was felt hardest in the food and supermarket sector, uh, down about 15% or about $2 billion on March last year. That's a direct result of obviously the panic buying that ensued in the last few weeks of March 2020. Um, the other area that was slightly down was consumer electronics, and, and that seems reasonable because uh, as we moved into March 2020, people started working from home and homeschooling, so there was a direct increase in those sales in consumer electronics, uh, notebook computers, uh, you know, cameras and microphones, that type of equipment. I think the pleasing thing that's come out of the numbers is um, footwear uh, clothing and accessories, a sector that's really struggled uh, for many years. Uh, that, that shifted considerably at $1.6 billion in March 2020, $2.5 billion March 2021. That's a 36% increase. And I think when you look at how we spent uh, last year, we were focusing on food and consumer electronics and even hardware. Uh, we don't have to make those purchases again this year. So the money that's sitting in our account seems to be shifting to footwear, clothing and those other discretionary income areas. I think the other benefit or the other winner there was department stores. Uh, also a really strong result for department stores. Again, quite uncommon from what we've seen previously in the sector. Uh, and I think the biggest win was a return to um, pre-COVID levels for cafes and restaurants and, and food dining. Uh, so as restrictions have lifted since last year, we're back to pre-COVID spending in those sectors. Yeah. Gary Mortimer there from Queensland University of Technology. Tomorrow is all about the budget. Speak then. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Listener.